0: Welcome to the Queen City Church Podcast. We're so excited that you decided to join us, and we wanted to personally welcome you. Thank you so much for listening in today. Our goal is that this message will encourage you and give you practical steps for a relationship with God that keep getting better and better. Enjoy the message. Hey, turn to your Bibles uh, to Psalm chapter 34. And today we're starting a brand new series that we're calling You Asked For It, and it's where we're answering the most frequently asked questions from a survey that we gave on Easter. So you really helped develop the content for this series. And today, if you're taking notes, which I hope you are, we're going to be answering this question, how do I handle stress? How do I handle stress? And just by a show of hands, a moment of honesty here in church today, just how many of you just by a show of hands that, that you would say, that you would consider yourself stressed out. Anybody just in here, I see some people holding both hands up right here. You feel you are stressed out. Here's the truth, I already knew that because you checked the box on that. And so it's like, you're not telling me anything I know because you checked the box. That's what you wanted to talk about today. So um, what's, what's crazy is that if you deep dive into stats and studies on modern day stress, you'll see that there's never been a time in human history where people are more stressed out. That it really is right now an epidemic. In fact, more than 75% of adults consider themselves to be highly stressed. In one study, a group of Americans were asked, do you feel more stress than this time last year? And 39% said yes. So in a time, in a season where Stress is higher than it's ever been before. Have you had more stress this year than last year? Yes, and it just keeps growing. It keeps getting worse. Stress is the number one health concern for US high school students. In fact, one study says that modern day students have as much stress and anxiety levels as a 1950s psychiatric patient. But it's not just students. Studies show that 80% of moms feel enormous amount of stress, with 70% having trouble sleeping. And so it affects so many different people, but it also affects us. Anxiety and stress is the number one reason for sickness and disease in America. In fact, 60% of all sickness and disease have their root in our stress level. So it's not just affecting our minds, it's affecting our physical bodies. But being stressed out is not just something in the 2000s. It isn't new. In Psalm chapter 34, thousands of years ago, David, he talks about this type of stuff. And it says this in verse 19. I wanna share this one verse with you. And it says, the righteous person, and by the way, we're not righteous because of us, we're righteous because of Jesus. The righteous person faces many troubles. And I underlined that word troubles. Because maybe your Bible, the translation says afflictions. It's a Hebrew word, get this, to describe an Assyrian form of torture. And it's where you would be literally tied to a post and then have rocks piled on you one by one until it slowly crushes and kills you. And some of you came into church today and that's what it feels like. That's what your life feels like. It feels like I'm tied to a post and people just keep putting rocks on everything and it feels like it's about to crush me and I can't handle one more. That if one more thing goes wrong, if one more stress comes on, I don't know if I'm gonna make it, but listen to what the scripture goes on to say. But the Lord comes to the rescue each time. Now this week, I asked our dream team, it's the people that serve around here, I asked them this question, what's causing you the most stress right now in your life? And by far, the number one thing that I heard more than anything is I have too many things to do and not enough time to do them that I'm so busy. I'm always busy going 100 miles an hour, trying to balance so many different things. I feel like I'm a professional plate spinner. It's like I'm on this treadmill of life that never stops. I never get a break. In fact, I saw this tweet that went viral this week and it says this, how do people work 40 plus hours a week and maintain a relationship and raise a pet and work out and cook and practice self-care and have a social life and eventually, on top of all those things, add children. Yeah. How? And that's, I, I think that is a, a, that is a picture of what so many of our lives look like. We have so many things, so many commitments, such a busy schedule, and we just feel like we don't have enough time to do them, and it's causing a lot of stress in our life. Another common answer was Relationships. And it doesn't matter where people were. It's like married people were like, I'm married and that's causing me stress. Other people are like, I'm not married and that's causing me stress. I'm at church today. I'm walking through the lobby. I'm scoping and hoping. I'm trying to find somebody, <laughs> meet somebody today at church. <laughs> but but I, I, I'm engaged and I'm stressed. See, my family, my job, my, my coworkers and my boss, it's just relationships in general can cause a lot of stress. One person even said, My mother-in-law. That's what's causing me stress. It's my mother-in-law. But a lot of people that are in this room, you can you can relate to this that parenting is very stressful. I can tell you I've got two little stressors right in that room over there because parenting is hard and there's a lot of pressure. And there's a lot of things, amen. (laughs) Parenting is stressful. A A lot of times people will write down my job. Hey, my job is very stressful. In fact, one person said, I think I've come to accept a constant state of stress and chaos in my current job. I've just come to grips that that's gonna be my life because of my job. Maybe it's deadlines there's deadlines in your job or in your student, and there's just tests and homework and projects and there's things on my to-do list and there's deadlines and there's just not enough time. A big one for many people is finances and money. You know, it's like, I just don't have enough. I like there's bills and there's debt and there's loans. And some of you, maybe you recently have even gotten a raise and you thought that stress would go away, but. You've learned, like the great philosopher Christopher Wallace so eloquently said years ago, mo money, mo problems. (laughs) Somebody help somebody if somebody doesn't know, okay? (laughs) Tell tell my white people that that is notorious B I G, okay? That's Biggie. (laughs) But finances and money, it causes a lot of stress. Another thing that really, what really, I think at the root of that for many people in here, it's providing for my family. And it's just, I, I just, I just wanna provide for my family. For some people, it's the unexpected, the unknown, the unplanned things in life. It's things that I never saw coming financially or in my physical body or in somebody that I love. It's just crisis. It's things that, man, I, I don't know what's gonna happen. Or maybe it's just this. It's just not being in control. And that brings me stress. Somebody said traffic. Traffic, it just <laughs> brings me so much stress. Somebody even said the current state of our country, it just brings brings me stress when I think about that, or just unmet, unknown, unrealistic expectations. It just stresses me out. And somebody very confidentially uh, approached me and said, "Hey, Cincinnati Bengals." It just causes me a lot of stress. Kidding, I'm kidding. No, it's going to be a good year. It's a good year. It's going to be good to your playoffs this year. Can I get a witness in church up here? Who day? Okay. There's There's not. There's it's like, no, no, it's not. We're going to be good this year, okay? Um, here's the bad news. Here's the bad news today. I'm sorry to be the bearer of bad news. All this right here, I cannot stop any of this. This is called life. I can't stop that. So this message is not how to get rid of all this stuff. Because I'm not that good. And this message is also not how can I take all the things in my life and all the stressors and then somehow over the next few minutes figure out how to fit it within the time frame that I have in my life. That's not what this is. Because the bad news is I can't change any of that stuff. I can't guarantee that your circumstances will change, but I can guarantee you that you can experience peace right in the middle of those circumstances. In other words, with all of this happening on the outside, something different can be happening on the inside. See, the Bible says that your life could look like 2 Corinthians chapter four in verse eight and nine, where it says we are pressed on every side by troubles. All those things that were on that list, that is your life, that we are pressed on every side by troubles, but not crushed and broken. We are perplexed because we don't know why things happen as they do, but we don't give up and quit we're hunted down, but God, God is always there. He never abandons us. We get knocked down, but we get up again and keep going. In other words, that you can live in a life where you cannot be shaken, even in the middle of everything shaking around you. So the question is, how do I live a life like that? Because that's the life that I want to live. That even with all those realities of life and those stressors of life, like how can I live a life like that? See, the truth is, there's never been more scientific research and resources than right now. I mean, right now you can find endless information and books and articles and research studies and podcasts. And by the way, I believe in research. I believe in science, I believe in doctors, I believe in counseling, I believe in medication, but I also believe in the Bible. I believe it's God's word. I believe it's alive and it's active. I believe that it speaks to every single area of our life. It's not either or, it's both and. So in studying for this message, I came across a secular book by a guy named Neil Pasrika called The Happiness Equation. And in this book, he shares seven super practical, helpful habits, scientifically proven to help reduce your stress. And he calls them seven hacks to happiness. And here's what I found so interesting. As I was reading through that material, so like everything lined up with the Bible. It didn't compete against the Bible. It actually lined up against the Bible. And so here's my goal today. My goal today is not to impress you. My goal today is not even to really inspire you. It's definitely not to entertain you. My whole burden today, church, is I wanna like practically help you. I wanna help you because I hear you. I hear that when we take a survey, you're saying, I'm stressed out. I don't know what to do. Will you help me? And I can tell you, I've always dreamed of being a church where we dive into God's word each and every week and realize that it speaks right now and that we can come in here carrying things and walk out better equipped to tackle them when we go out here, that our Sundays will always affect our Mondays. And that's a big deal. So really my goal is to practically help you. And so I want to share those seven things and also share how those things line up to God's word. And buckle up, because I never do seven points, so it's gonna feel like taking a sip of water from a fire hydrant, and so get ready. Here's number one, here's number one. Three walks a week, I'm gonna go really fast. One, three walks a week, three walks a week. See, research has proven that there's a major connection between our mind and our body, that our physical health helps our mental health. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 19, through 20, it says, don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, that God lives there, who lives in you and was given to you by God. You do not belong to yourself, for God bought you with a high price and his name is Jesus. So you must honor God with your body. See, I think you'd be surprised how much better your life would be and how much less stress you would have if you felt better physically. And I'm not talking about in this point, you getting hardcore and joining CrossFit today or Orange Theory, I'm just going all in. I'm gonna run the flying pig next year. I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about getting out of your regular fast pace, nonstop, sitting in front of a screen on the go routine And from time to time, a few times a week, go outside, feel some sun, get some fresh air, and take the occasional walk. It'll be good for your soul. So three walks a week. Here's number two, daily 20-minute replay. So what he calls a daily 20-minute replay. To stop and take 20 minutes every single day and reflect back on your day to ask questions like, what happened today? What did I do? What did I accomplish? Who did I interact with? What conversations did I have? What did God do today in my life? See, a recent study took 50 people over the age of 95 and asked them one question. If you could live your life all over again, after 95 years, what would you do differently? And the three most common answers were number one, we would risk more. Number two, we would do more things that would live on after we are gone, things that left a legacy. And then number three, we would reflect more. Isn't that interesting? After 95 years of wisdom, what would you do differently? I would reflect more. And in Second Peter chapter 1, verse 13, the Bible says, I think it's right to refresh your memory to not forget as long as I live in the tent of this body. And today in my devos, actually yesterday, I read this in Psalm 105, verse five, and I just took some time to remember the wonders that God has performed. His miracles and the rulings, what he's spoken to me. I'm gonna take time to remember God. Listen, I don't wanna be so busy that I never remember the life that I lived. And here's what I believe. I believe if you take time every single day to look back and say, God, what did you do today? What did my life look like today? Who did I interact with? What did you do today? I think you're gonna see God's fingerprints all over your life. I think when you look back, you'll see like that's where you were and, that's where you, and you'll see the goodness of God and the faithfulness of God and the provision of God. And I think you're gonna see that your blessings far outweigh your burdens if you take time to do that. Here's number three, random acts of kindness. Isn't that so interesting? He said, you wanna de-stress a little bit? You wanna take some stress off your life? Random acts of kindness. There's this new sociological term called pro-social spending. And research that proves that spending money on other people boosts happiness more than buying things for yourself brand new research that's out there. Well, listen to what Jesus said in Acts chapter 20, verse 35. It is more blessed to give than to receive. It's amazing how doing nice things for others actually brings you joy. And that's why every single week, because we want it to be a rhythm of our church. That's why every week, not just during special series, not just during special weeks, you can go right outside these doors and find this little sign holder that has these little cards in here that we call them just acts of kindness cards that we encourage you to take. And we even have ideas of how to use these that you can find at our info area in the lobby. And you can just take these and just look for ways all throughout your week to be a blessing to somebody, to serve somebody, to be generous, to to really love and serve with no strings attached. And just simply say, hey, we do this because God loves you and so do we. And we do that, we make that a part of a rhythm because we believe that if you take time to take your eyes off of yourself, off of your problems and your stress and your schedules and your relationships and you look for opportunities, like your spiritual radar is always on to bless and to help and to serve someone, your life would be better. And that's also why we challenge you to join the dream team, to jump on and start, find a place where you can live out the God-given purpose that you have and serve somewhere around here to join our team, to get in the game. Because here's the truth, we don't need you to serve. You need to serve. Because when you start to love and serve and help people, it changes you. I promise you'll like this place a whole lot more if you take time to serve it. See, psychologists call it transcendent living, which meaning, this is is what scientists are saying right now, that the most fulfilled that you will ever be is when you're making the difference in the lives of other people. And that's why we believe, heart and soul, that the ultimate purpose of my life, of my life, of your life, is to make a difference. It's the ultimate purpose. And in fact, in Ephesians chapter two, verse 10, it says, for we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus, not just to think about good works, not just to watch other people do all the good works, but for you, you were created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance. There's things that only you can do. He's prepared it just for you, that he's prepared for you to do. So, random acts of kindness. Here's number four, completely unplug. Take some time to completely unplug. I found such an interesting stat that the average American touches their phone 1,617 times per day. Now, there are 1,440 minutes per day. So we're touching our phones more than minutes in a day. And there's also research that says that our stress level can be directly affected by the amount of media that we consume. So we're spending all our time on our phones, looking at a five inch screen, not ever connecting with other people. And yet we're more connected than ever, have more followers than ever, but are lonely and stressed out and maxed out more than ever before. So we're connected, but we're isolated. And The cause is so much stress. And here's a quote from a secular researcher that says, even Aristotle, he went Aristotle on somebody, <laughs> extolled moderation in all things. Cell phone and technology is no exception. Excessive use of even the best technologies reduces our happiness in meaningful ways. So put down your phone and your happiness level will surely improve. And if you study the life of Jesus, you see all throughout the gospels, you see him frequently unplugging and getting away. Luke chapter five verse 16 is one of those examples. And it says, but Jesus, he often did this. He often withdrew. He disconnected, he unplugged to lonely places, and he prayed. You know, there's times where I just need to disconnect. I just need to unplug a little bit. And if Jesus needed to do that, church, how much more do we need to do that? So this week, I called a friend that I know has struggled in the past year with severe stress to the point of anxiety and panic attacks. And he's a pastor, and so he, he knows the Bible. He has a great relationship with God. He goes to church multiple times every single week. And I said, hey, what's the one thing? Like, What's the one piece of advice? I'm talking to our church this week about this. What's the one thing that if you could tell them? And it's amazing, he's a pastor, man of God. He didn't say, go to church more. He didn't say, read your Bible. He didn't say, pray. I was astounded, because it was without hesitation. He almost cut me off. And without hesitation, he said, get off social media. He said, it completely changed my life. Now listen, I'm not anti-social media, I'm on it, but I do believe it's very healthy to completely unplug from time to time, to put the phone down and not just like take away something, but to be present where you are, to be present with the people that are in front of you. And so it may not be all the time, but you need to take some time to unplug each and every week. So maybe it's just, you know what? When I'm sitting across from people in a meeting or at dinner or at coffee, I'm just gonna flip the phone over. I'm gonna put it on airplane mode. I can get to it in an hour, and I'm just gonna be present with the people that are in front of me. Listen, if you're here and you're a parent, if you're a mom and dad, make that part of your, whenever you sit down at the dinner table. Say, no, 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 we're gonna connect with each other. We're gonna put the phones up and we're gonna connect. Maybe you need to do it once a week. Maybe for some of you, you need to take an extended time and just get off for a while because it's crushing your soul and it's robbing you and you're comparing all of your day-to-day life to somebody else's highlight reel. And it's killing you from the inside out. I can tell you this, at the beginning of the year during 21 days of prayer and fasting for the first time since I got on social media, I took three weeks off and I disconnected, I deleted the apps from my phone. They were still there and three weeks later and it was awesome. It was amazing. It was amazing how much more present I was there for my kids and my, my wife and our marriage and how much more I felt like I was hearing God because I was just eliminated. I was completely unplugging. So that's number four, here's number five, get in a workflow, get in a workflow. See, this one is for all of you with way too many things on your to-do list and not enough time to do them. Because a lot of times you can sit there and say, where do I start? And getting in a workflow means to take one task, commit to it, give it all your focus, all your energy, all your creativity and finish it before moving on to something else. That it's, you're, you're trying to not spin as many plates as you can but to actually finish something before moving on. Because there's something powerful and rewarding about completing something you start. It feels like you're winning and everybody wants to win. And Jesus actually says this in John 17, verse four. He says, I brought glory to you. And he's talking to God. So he's saying, I brought glory to God here on earth by completing the work that you gave me to do. That when I actually finished things and I completed things, that brought glory to God. So get in a workflow. Here's number six, number six. Two-minute meditations. Is this helping anybody? Is this helping anybody? You know, anybody out here? Cool. Okay. So two-minute meditations, okay? Research shows that meditation improves focus, clarity, attention span, calmness, and happiness. So from time to time, throughout your day, where you can set aside two minutes to press pause on life, take some deep breaths, allow your body to slow down, and calm your soul. And in the research, they call it meditation, but God, he calls it prayer to take some time to connect with God. Listen to what Psalm 46 verse 10 says. It says, be still and know that I am God. Take some time. So when's the last time you did this? When's the last time you just what? You know what? I'm gonna be still and I'm gonna, even that, even that three seconds was awkward for some of y'all in this room. It's like, oh my gosh, we gotta do something. Make some noise, okay. The Bible says be still, calm your soul, take some deep breaths, and know that He's God. Know that He's got you. Know that He has your back. Know that He's always with you. That no matter what you go through, no matter your to-do list, no matter how stressed out you are, God is there to be still, to calm your soul to know that he is there, to invite him into every single situation. And to be able to say, you know what? I've got something big that's going on and I'm super stressed out, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna go take a long walk to the water cooler, to the break room. I'm gonna step away and I'm just for two minutes, just gonna breathe and invite God into this next moment. And then you know what? You may have to do it in a, few, in a few hours, but we just take time to just, God, I invite you, I'm gonna be still and know that he is God. Then here's the last one, number seven. He calls it five gratitudes a week, five gratitudes a week. Then he encourages you to take time every single week to write down five things that you're thankful for. Just five things every single week that I'm thankful for. I'm gonna write those things down. Hey, if you wanna get crazy, do five a day. I know it's crazy, but just take some time to write down some things that you're thankful for. I believe this one little thing can have such a big result and really reprogram how you see the world. I don't know about you, but I wanna have the mentality that I can always find something to be thankful for. No matter what's going on in my life, no matter what unexpected thing comes my way, no matter what the workload is at my job, I can find something to be thankful for. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18, it says, be thankful in all circumstances. Every single circumstance, every single day, no matter what's going on, Ephesians five twenty says, and give thanks for everything. I love this quote from Charles Spurgeon that we are in the wrong state of mind if we are not in a thankful state of mind. See, I believe being thankful has the possibility to completely shift our perspective that whatever we have going on that, by the way, is very real, very real stress, very real issues, very real problems, very real busy calendars, that it feels like it can be right here. But when we're thankful and we say, God, I know that this is right here, but, and it just feels like it's blocking everything, I can't see anything but that. But when you're thankful, you can actually start to shift your perspective a little bit. And say, you know what? Yes, all of a sudden, that just is not as big as it was because you're recognizing, oh, here's where God did this. And here's where God did this. And I'm thankful for this person in my life. And I'm thankful for that person. And I believe what you'll see and you take the scales of life and you put all the things that you're thankful for and you're genuinely thankful for, they far outweigh the stressors in your life. I believe that with all my heart to just take time to be thankful. So these seven hacks to happiness, scientifically proven, but also supported by God's word. But here's the deal. I know today you're here and these things are very real in your life. And you may be stressed out thinking about trying to do seven things. You're like, oh my gosh, seven more things. That stresses me out thinking about things that can do to help me with my stress. So why don't you pray? and do three this week, maybe one and just say, you know what, this week I may not be able to do all seven, but I can do this one or maybe I can do just two or three. I just encourage you to start somewhere and just see if that changes your life. Let me end by sharing one more verse with you and it's Philippians chapter four. And it says this, it says, I've learned how to be content with whatever I have. Wouldn't that be nice? That no matter what I have, no matter what I'm going through, I can be content. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I've learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it's a full stomach or empty, with plenty or with little. And here the writer, Paul, he's saying, I've learned how to be content. I've learned how to have peace. I've learned how to face anything that has thrown my way. Whatever life throws my way, I can face it. I've learned how to not live my life dominated by stress and worry and anxiety. And the question that I ask when I read that is how, how? How can I live that type of life? Because here's what I know, that if I just came in here and I just shared these simple principles, they will help. They will help your day to day life, but they won't save your soul. So you can be thankful. You can go take three walks. You can unplug from social media. But if you want to reach that level of contentment, if you want to say, that's how I cannot live my life by that, well, how do you do it, Paul? And he says this sentence that maybe we've heard for the majority of my life, but that's the context where he says, man, I've been stressed out, I've been mad, but I know how to be content. I know how to get through anything, how? For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Listen, if you don't get anything today, you need to know, and please write this down, that real lasting peace can be found in Jesus real, lasting peace can be found in Jesus. In fact, one of the very names for Jesus is the Prince of Peace. That when it comes to peace, he's royalty. He has peace that we can experience. That today, the Prince of Peace can offer you the peace that your soul has been desperately searching for. And that type of peace is available to you today that all you have to do is to invite the Prince of Peace, Jesus into your life, surrender everything, give him your whole life and make the best decision of your entire life, the decision to follow the Prince of Peace. I want you to bow your head and close your eyes and just right here in this moment, don't miss this, ask God, just pray this prayer. Say, God, what are you speaking to me today? Because what I believe is that God is speaking to each and every one of us in a very unique ways. That's how He rolls, He's really good at it. And today, He spoke something to you. So what's He speaking to you? Maybe ask Him this, God, what does my response need to be? Because of what we just experienced on Sunday, how can on Monday look a little different? And maybe for some of you is to implement some of these seven things into your day-to-day life. Maybe it's all of them, maybe it's one of them, maybe it's three of them. Maybe you need to make that decision to follow Jesus, to go all in with God. Maybe you've had a relationship with God in the past, but it slipped away and right now you feel so far from Him. Or maybe you've never had a relationship with God and you find yourself at church today and you you wanna start one and you need a fresh start in your life. Listen, we're not gonna point you out, make you come forward or embarrass you in any way. But today, if you just wanna make that decision to follow the Prince of Peace so that you can experience real lasting peace, that if you wanna make that decision, whether that's for the first time or you wanna maybe come back to God, I'm just gonna lead you in a prayer. And if you wanna be included in that prayer, in just a second, I'm gonna count to three, And if you want to be included in that prayer, just say, you know what, that's me. And boldly put your hand in the air and say, that's me, count me in. I want to follow Jesus today. So if that's you on the count of three, one, two, three, just put your hand in the air and say today, yeah, I need that. That's great, it's great, it's great. Just keep it up just for a second. That's That's great, that's great, that's great, that's great. That's great, so proud of you. Proud of you, I got you in the back. You can put your hands down and just pray something like this in your heart. Say, Jesus, I need you. And I'm sorry that I've lived my life without you. Will you come, live inside me? I don't wanna do life by myself anymore. I've realized I cannot save myself and I need you. Will you change me? Will you make me brand new? God, this morning I surrender my whole life to you, everything, and I choose to follow you every single day of my life. And God, I thank you for your word. I thank you that it's alive, that it's active, that it speaks to us. And God, right now, I pray for every single one of my brothers and sisters that are stressed out, that are worried, that are anxious, that are depressed. And God, right now, I bind and I break every single lie of the enemy that has been attacked on their minds. And God, I pray that right now, in Jesus' name, that that goes. And God, I pray that in its place, would you please fill our minds and our hearts with truth and with comfort? God, I pray that we would be able to know truth like never before, and that we'd line up our thoughts, our attitudes, our actions to truth. God, that we won't be people that are so stressed out and maxed out and But, God, that we can experience peace through the Prince of Peace. We love you, and we thank you for the Prince of Peace. In Jesus we pray. And everybody said, amen. Come on, can we clap our hands? There was hands up all over the room. Come on, people that made the best decision of their life. It never gets old. We're so proud of you. We're so proud of you. Thank you so much for joining us today. If this message has changed your perspective on God or life, feel free to email your story to info at queencitypeople.com. We'd love to celebrate the change happening in your life. We'd also love to pray for you. If you have any prayer requests, big or small, head over to queencitypeople.com slash prayer and fill out the form with as much detail as you'd like. For more information about Queen City Church's service times, location, or events, visit queencitypeople.com or follow us on social media platforms at queencitypeople.